Welcome to All About Books on NET Radio. I'm your host, Pat Leach, Director of Lincoln City Libraries. Today, I'm delighted to welcome back as my guest, author Stephen Wingate, who has written a new novel called The Leave Takers, with a publication date of March 2021 by the University of Nebraska Press as part of their Flyover Fiction series. Stephen is an associate professor of English at South Dakota State University and has written in a variety of genres. Stephen, welcome back to All About Books. It's great to be back, Pat. Well, tell us about The Leave Takers. The Leave Takers is a a love story. It's a literary love story, uh, not always easy love, sometimes very tough love. And it's about two uh, 30-something artists who are both from out of the region, uh, but have ended up in South Dakota and are trying to work through their demons. And uh, some of their demons include uh, grief and uh, minor league pill addiction. So uh, it's got a lot of 21st century problems. Jacob is from Boston. Uh, He originally came out to South Dakota as a freshly orphaned child with his brother uh, when he was 14, stayed with his great aunt and uncle in this house out on the plains uh, near Clark, which is a little bit west of Watertown, if you know South Dakota. He didn't stay long, uh, decided he wanted to become a sculptor, went to L.A., became a sculptor, met a woman named Lainey who was from L.A., and they almost got married, but they had a miscarriage, and things kind of fell apart from there. Jacob ended going uh, back to South Dakota when his great aunt and uncle died, and he sort of is reluctantly there, but by chance, he meets Lainey again. And when they meet each other again, four years after breaking up, they think, wow, who is really going to understand me and my grief? Because they both have a lot of lost loved ones. They get together and they say, nobody else is going to kind of get me like this person does. And they decide to take a stand and kind of get their lives back because they've both lost a little bit of their lives to addiction and a lot of their lives to grief. So they are pulled up in this windy old house in the 1920s on a hill, uh, north central South Dakota, and just kind of trying to fight their way through. And it's a very different book than my first novel of Fathers in Fire, which we talked about a couple of years ago. Right. Uh, I, I think of this as, as my happy ending book, uh, because it's a love story, and it's not a tragedy. Uh, it's just uh, they have to fight their way through some things to find some kind of wholeness. Uh, and I think that that's been my experience of human relationships and uh, life in general. Uh, the novel has a, a long history. Um, I tend to be a really slow writer. It's painfully slow. Sometimes I, I'd really like to change that. Um, I tend to like to let my work marinate for a really long time. So the earliest drafts I have of this go back to about 2003. Wow. And it was at the time it was set in Colorado, and which is where I was living then. Did the agent thing for a while, but couldn't sell it in New York. Sort of sat on a shelf for a few years. And then after A Fathers and Fire came out, I looked around and I thought, well, what do I do next? I felt like it was time to start writing something that was set uh, in South Dakota because there I was and I was going to, I'm going to be there for a while. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, 
So I, I thought I need to kind of start writing this place. But I didn't have any new stories. I had this book. I thought, why don't I just try to transition that book to this place? And I actually love the result. How did the story change when you when you switched from Colorado to South Dakota? Quite a bit. There was a lot more isolation ah. uh, of the characters, and their relationship to their place became more complex. Uh, when they were uh, living in Colorado, they both loved it. It was super happy. There was, you know, they could just go up into the mountains, and there was lots of sunshine. And there were always people all around, fellow artists all the time, robust gallery scene. Get bored, call a friend, they're there. And when I moved them out to South Dakota, uh, outside of a town that's about a thousand people, that all went away. So the distractions went away, and it became, uh, in some ways, like a retreat for them. Uh, although not, uh, you know, not one of those happy retreats where you get the, uh, you know spa and manicure, uh, <laughs> a real retreat to think about, well, why am I here? What am I doing? And kind of some self-examination, even self-confrontation. You know, that so sounds a little book, bit about what's happening to some people during COVID, you know. Uh, yes. uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I'd never thought about that, Pat, but absolutely. So maybe it's, uh, maybe it's a timely book. They're mostly in their home trying to figure out how do I live? How do I move forward and, and become a real human being? Because they both realize that they haven't quite let themselves become full human beings because mm. they've given away parts of themselves to, to grief and addiction. I was curious about what you said earlier about this book tends to have more of a happy ending. Did you write mm. it with that in mind, or is that something that developed as you wrote and rewrote? I always knew I wanted to have a happy ending. Uh, I, I wanted them to go forward. I want, I want them as a couple to succeed. Uh, they, uh, among their other ghosts, uh, they also have had uh, fertility problems. Laney has a, a, a misshapen uterus, so it's really been difficult for her to uh, have a baby. She's, uh, she's had multiple miscarriages, can't stay pregnant, uh, and, uh, well, I don't want to give too many spoilers, but, you know, there is a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Um, they're able to kind of work things through because I want to feel hopefulness in my own life. And it's hard to write, at least it's hard for me to write things that are depressing all the time. Uh, as important as it is to write about the human struggle, uh, I, I think every once in a while I, I want the good guys to win. Uh, my writing isn't always like that. Uh, and it may not always be like that. But in this particular book, I really uh, wanted to send out uh, send out some hope vibes. I find that intriguing in, in terms of my reflections on conversations I've had with readers about literary fiction that often the ending doesn't offer the up note that, that some readers tend to seek. So kind of finding that balance also for yourself as a writer intrigues me. Yeah, I, working on a book that long, uh, it, it, uh, I, I had to have that kind of hope, that nice harmonic note at the end to get myself through so many drafts. 
Well, I was intrigued by this comment in your acknowledgments at the start of the book. You write, thanks to Irving M. Weinberg, my seventh grade music teacher, who taught me that it's better to practice 15 minutes a day than to practice three hours on a Saturday afternoon. So is that also a description of how you write? I'm an everyday writer. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, right now, there's a, a lot of businessy stuff going on with the book, trying to arrange uh, to get people to read it. And so I'm writing not as much as I would like to right now. But typically, uh, I wake up in the morning and I write. It's it's my meditation. It's it's kind of the, the centerpiece around which the rest of my life goes. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is... It's what keeps me sane. Uh, my family tells me that I'm very, very grouchy if I don't write. Uh, <laughs> and sometimes they'll just say, just will you please just do write something? Uh, because uh, I lose connection with my inner self when I don't write. I think most people who develop a creative discipline do it as a way to stabilize themselves. Uh, most people who become artists are not just kind of, you know, happy-go-lucky and carefree. Most people who become artists do so because there's some things they have to figure out. Uh, And for me, uh, writing has been the path to some sort of, not necessarily understanding, but at least an articulation of the problems that that have vexed me and shaped me. Mm. Does that suggest then that as you are writing and rewriting The Leave Takers, you are working on other, quite a few other pieces as well? Uh, yeah, I, I can't really do two fiction projects at a time. I think that causes just way too much confusion. Uh, but what I would do is I would write the leave takers for a while, and then I would put it away and, and let it sit and then do something else and come back to it. And I tend to like to have more than one project. I have my A project and then my B project. <laughs> I see. Uh, and usually the B project, uh, if, if the A project is fiction, the B project will be something else, usually uh, something uh, with uh, prose poems or uh, creative nonfiction. So I, I balance those things off. Uh, it's, it's hard to put stuff away, but uh, the older I get as a writer, the more I see the value of it. I remember when I was younger, uh, a mentor of mine, Steve Katz, a writer in Denver, uh, I told him I had this novel. It might have been this novel. I said, I don't know what to do with it. What do I do? And he says, I'd put it away for a couple of years and just see. And you know, he was in his 70s, so he had experienced those uh, moments of just putting your work away and seeing what happens to it many, many more times than I had. I don't know if I'd even let myself do that. Uh, but when I did, uh, good things happened because I got a little distance from it. And when I came back to it, I was able to just kind of reimagine it. It wasn't quite so precious anymore. Oh. Well, let's turn from your writing experience to your reading life. Um, what do you choose for your own reading then? Reading's hard right now because I'm a professor and I'm always reading student work. Sure. Uh, I got some great advice when I first got into full-time teaching about 20 years ago, uh, from a, a Colorado writer now living in New Zealand named, named David Mason. And he said, you should develop uh, a habit of doing reviews and author interviews and things like that because you're going to be tempted to just not read because you've got so much student work to read. And this is fantastic advice. 
uh, and I, I give it to people who enter into teaching all the time uh, to do uh, to just have a habit of reviewing work that's new and interviewing other authors. It's a way to keep yourself sane, sane as in keeping in connection with the people who are also writing in your community. Oh, sure. So one of the things that I do is I'm uh, uh, an associate editor at uh, Fiction Writers Review, which is out of Ann Arbor, Michigan, connected with the University of Michigan Creative Writing Program. Uh, we've been around for 10, 12 years, and we do all sorts of author interviews and reviews and craft essays. So I've been, uh, I read things for them and either do author interviews uh, or reviews. And this has been a wonderful thing for me because it, I'm always needing new writers. For instance, Chris Harding Thornton, who is a Nebraska writer, Pickard County Atlas, which is a book that just came out uh, as getting a lot of a lot of good press. Uh, Wall Street Journal even reviewed it. Dave Wyden, who wrote uh, Winter Counts, which is a, a mystery set uh, in the Sioux Reservation and Denver, uh, also a really good book that's showing up on a lot of uh, top ten lists. Hmm. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for being my guest today on All About Books. Thank you. Hey, uh, the book is uh, available at uh, University of Nebraska Press uh, uh, right now, a pub date. I, I think it might even be shipping now. So if, if people are interested in the book, uh, they can get it via University of Nebraska Press and other outlets. Oh, excellent. That's great. Well, Stephen Wingate, author of the novel The Leave Takers, published by the University of Nebraska Press, has been my guest today. And Stephen, again, thank you so much for joining thank you, me. Pat. You bet. You've been listening to All About Books on NET Radio. Podcasts of this and other programs are available online when you visit netnebraska.org/radio. For All About Books, I'm Pat Leach.